Hey, what's up? This is Gustavo Ariano. Every Friday, we're turning over the mic to one of my awesome LA Times colleagues, and today we welcome Lisa McCree. She's the host of the television news show, LA Times Today, which airs Monday through Friday at 7 and 10 p.m. Pacific Time on Spectrum News 1 here in Southern California. I always like being on Lisa's show because, first and foremost, my family sees it. They don't see anything else I appear on, but also because she's good with her questions and actually listens to the answers of her guests, a news person at heart. In this interview, Lisa talks to Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva about his record and the controversy surrounding the largest sheriff's department in the United States. I'm Lisa McCree. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Today is August 20th, 2021. Democrats and progressives helped Alex Villanueva rise to power back in 2018, excited about his left-leaning campaign promises. But that left-wing support did not last long. The sheriff has been criticized over his response to issues including homelessness, COVID-19, and police brutality. And in his own department, transparency and reinstating fired deputies. The L.A. County Board of Supervisors and the Democratic Party have called for him to step down. He's up for re-election next year, and he doesn't agree with the criticism. The following is a shortened version of my conversation last week with Sheriff Villanueva. Sheriff Villanueva, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate your time. Uh, thank you, Lisa. Glad to be here. Let's go back to before the election in 2018. You rather aggressively courted Democratic voters, even got the Democratic Party machine behind you, saying that you were going to reform the sheriff's department top to bottom. Well, after some of your earlier actions, those same voters say they felt like there was a bait and switch. How do you answer them? I would not say those same voters. No, the political establishment of the Democratic Party are the ones that are, are doing all the talking right now. The voters themselves are very happy with all the reform efforts. I campaigned on reform, rebuild, and restore. That is exactly what we did. I introduced body-worn cameras that previous administrations could never deliver. I kicked ICE out of the county jails. I did a permanent ban on all transfers from ICE custody to federal immigration. So we had a bright line between federal immigration enforcement and local law enforcement. That was very important to reestablish trust within our immigrant communities here in LA County. However, you did allow ICE contractors to operate until just recently. Well, that, no, no, no. See, that is part of the political establishment claim. We actually followed SB 54 to the letter. And those contractors have always been working. ICE does not transport anybody. They've always relied on federal contractors. And what we did is we put the moratorium in effect in April of last year and no one has been transferred to ICE custody. You also promise more transparency. State law SB 1421 requires officers' names and histories to be released if involved with a civilian shooting or misconduct. You are actually an outlier as law enforcement agencies from San Diego to Oakland to Bakersfield complied. As recently as April 21st on a Facebook Live broadcast, you defended your position, saying that you're going to withhold the names until after the DA finishes their review, which can take months or even years, leaving families frustrated. Why reverse it? The only people that we have withheld from being released are those that have actually been received a threat. And that has happened in deputy-involved shootings. 
And we actually, now we release it within 30 days as long as there is no threat. We do an analysis to make sure there's nothing that's going to be threatening. We release the names of all of our deputies and deputy about shootings except for one, which we had a credible threat. And that is a standard we've applied. Yes, sir. I, I understand that. Um, you did that in uh, May of this year. But as recently as April 21st, you were defending your previous position. What made you change your mind? Well, we did a careful analysis of what we had done to date. And remember, we had asked the Board of Supervisors six times for the money to be able to have the redaction software and the personnel needed to staff uh, compliance with SB 1421. And six times we were rejected. So we had to do it all in-house. We had to cannibalize one part of the department to satisfy these transparent requirements. And we did exactly that. So by December of last year, we got into full compliance with 1421. And the only issue that was remaining was the issue about revealing the identity of, of deputies. Because again, we've had credible threats in the past. That remains a concern, but we're doing it on a case-by-case -case basis now. One quick thing. In his April defense, the sheriff didn't emphasize needing budget for redactions. He said the reason his department wouldn't reveal deputies' identities was for those deputies' safety. But in between then and his change of position, the LA Times did publish an article about how that stance conflicted with the state Supreme Court ruling. The LA Times sued the Sheriff's Department last year, alleging that it was withholding records disclosable under the police transparency law and is still waiting for some of those records. We'll have more after this break. L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva, do you have any idea how much has been paid out in settlements to families who have been victimized by officer civilian shootings? Uh, you'd have to give me a, a, a bracket or a time frame for that. But okay. uh, it's, uh, I believe over the last 10 years, I want to say it was about $54 million. But Actually, the bigger payout in terms of liability for the department has always been traffic collisions, not shootings. Since 1990, L.A. County has paid out roughly $55 million in settlements in lawsuits related to the gangs operating within the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, $21 million in just the last 10 years. Gangs like the Banditos, the Reapers, the Executioners, the Vikings, the Regulators— in 2019, the FBI was investigating whether those deputies were using gang-like tactics to recruit young Latino deputies and retaliating against them if they rebuffed them. You have, in the past, downplayed the significance of those gangs and at one point called them, quote, a cultural norm. I will say that use of the term gang is uh, actually, that's fraught with the legal implications that the facts do not support describing them as a gang. So a very specific definition of what a gang constitutes. And a lot of what we're hearing about gangs is actually now that the department is majority Latino, led by a Latino sheriff, it's taken on a very big racial undertone that they must be gangs because they're Latino. So I'm going to push back very hard against that description. All right, of let's, any call them, let's call them clicks. Let's call them clicks, okay? I will give that you is, that. Let's call them clicks. Still $55 million is paid out since 1990, mm -hmm. $21 million in the last 10 years. 
and you said you were going to address the problem. And I've done exactly that. My very first day in office, I removed the captain of East LA Station for his failure to do his job addressing these deputy cliques. And in fact, my predecessors did absolutely nothing to aggressively root out the issues of the development of these cliques and their hazing things that they have been engaged in, the misconduct. So we, first day in office, I took out the East LA Station captain, replaced the entire chain of command at East LA Station. Ultimately, 36 people were moved out of the station. We terminated four employees. We suspended uh, pay of 22 employees. We did everything possible. On top of that, we created a policy first of its kind on the department that prohibits deputies forming these cliques and harming either their fellow employees or members of the community. And now we're enforcing that. That was a February of 2020. So we're doing everything possible legally to do it. The problem is the political establishment, specifically the Board of Supervisors, cannot accept the fact that we are holding deputies accountable. It doesn't sell well for them. Well, clarify this for me then. You, uh, Ernie Chavez was, was put in place to, to help make those moves, right? Transfer those deputies. And he said in an interview that 36 transfers were voluntary, some due to promotions. And he wasn't even sure how many had been aligned with the Bandidos clique. And then the attorney for deputies who alleged they were beaten by Bandido-affiliated deputies say that only six gang members were transferred. And the deputies who were accused in that beating incident were actually put on paid administrative leave. Is that a hard enough stance? Actually, there uh, the. The comments of Commander Chavez are not consistent with his actions or his statements to our administration because the 36 number came from him. And he was given a specific instructions what to do when he got to East L.A. He carried him out. And later on, if he wants to revise it, that we can control. The fact of the matter is the four defendants on that lawsuit were the ones that were terminated. And that is something that doesn't really fit the false narrative that they're trying to sell. So we have to keep that in mind. Your relationship with the L.A. County Board of Supervisors has been contentious from the outset. Why? Real simple. They endorsed my opponent, and they've been leveraging every single county department and every single action to discredit and delegitimize the sheriff's department in my, my job as a sheriff of L.A. County. And it's not going to work. They sued you after you reinstated Deputy Karen Carl Mendoyan, who was fired, as most of us know, in 2016 after allegations of domestic abuse and stalking. County Appeals Board did uphold that dismissal. You further even said the woman who made the claims and provided the video was incredible. Do you regret that choice? Was that the hill to die on? Actually, when it comes to the 14th Amendment and due process, yes, you have to follow the law. You have to follow where the evidence takes you. And if the process were manipulated or abused, or if someone who has uh, what they call um, exonerable or uh, exculpatory evidence, and that is hidden from the Civil Service Commission, that is a very serious act of misconduct that actually rises to the level of criminal conduct. And they were okay with that because the end justified their, the means in the eyes of the Board of Supervisors. That is not acceptable. You have to be a good employer. If you terminate people, it has to be based on cause and you have to have the evidence to support it. If you manipulate the process for an outcome, then that is not good. We're going to switch now and talk about the surge in the COVID Delta variant. L.A. County supervisors 
uh, Chair Hilda Solis issued an order saying that all county employees must get the vaccine, including sheriff's deputies. The deputies union has balked. The sheriff's deputies vaccination rate is pretty dismal. Where do you stand? Well, my position is we want to encourage all our employees to get vaccinated. It works. I've been vaccinated since roughly January, February, and uh, we're encouraging everyone to vaccinate. We're wearing the mask indoors in all of our facilities now, and we're going to hope for the best. And I think uh, between the voluntary vaccination, wearing the mask, and uh, there's people that are going to ask for exemptions, And uh, but me as an employer enforcing the mandate, I don't think is going to work. Do you understand the public concern with an agency that is charged with protecting the public, thinking mm -hmm. that there is a, you know, a good chance that someone who you call upon to help you might not be vaccinated and could put your health at risk? That is very true, but we have to also consider there are constitutional concerns that need to be addressed, and deputies are wearing the mask in the field, they're wearing the mask at the businesses, the buildings that they're in, and we'll make sure they adhere to that. And if someone is not, we want to know about it for sure because we're enforcing that mass mandate. But at the same time, we have to protect the constitutional rights of each and every employee. And that needs to be resolved, that conflict between the Board of Supervisors and the unions, particularly ALADS, POPA, and uh, SEIU. I'm sorry, sir. What constitutional right says that you can uh, refuse a vaccine? Well, the last time that was, uh, I believe, it was smallpox and polio back in the 40s and 50s. A note for clarity, Sheriff Villanueva asserted the new county vaccine mandate may not be legal, citing a smallpox ruling incorrectly. In fact, in a landmark 1905 ruling, Jacobson versus Massachusetts, the U.S. Supreme Court confirmed the government's authority to, quote, reasonably infringe upon personal freedoms during a public health crisis by fining those who refused the smallpox vaccine. In 1922, the court upheld the decision again in the case of a Texas girl whose parents refused to comply with vaccination requirements of her school, confirming the, quote, power of a state to provide compulsory vaccination. We'll have more after this break. Recently, uh, you appeared at a Venice homeless encampment to say that your department could do a better job managing the homeless crisis. How so? Well, obviously by the fact that they're not doing anything to manage the homeless crisis in the city of LA, anything we did would be an improvement on that. And I went there on June 7th. On June 8th, our homeless outreach service team started doing identification and assessments on that strand of the beach there in the boardwalk. And all of a sudden, the city had a newfound interest in in getting St. Joseph Center there, getting all these different outreach groups to uh, clean up the boardwalk because it had reached a level, a crisis level, and the city was refusing to do their job. So I think now we're in a better position, but we need to repeat this process throughout the entire city of LA, not just Venice. I know you're gonna be spending the better part of this coming year explaining your record 
In March of 2021, a UCLA poll found that your unfavorable rating climbed in the last year from 22% to 31%. Why do you think that is? Well, you have a political establishment that's been devoted to misrepresenting my record, for sure. I mean, imagine a board of supervisors hiring a law firm to sue me my first month in office. Who in their right mind would ethically ever consider doing something like that if they had any interest whatsoever in uh, actually engaging productively, collaboratively with the incoming brand new sheriff? And this is a death by a thousand cuts. That all it is. They're the same circle group, the same circular logic, Board of Supervisors, Civilian Oversight Commission, Inspector General, all the same people, the same characters, and the LA County Democratic Party, same group of people. So we're not getting out of this group. They have a very big bullhorn, but in reality, they're responsible for all the mayhem we're seeing on the streets, the homelessness, out of control, and we're going to address the problems. We'll let them do all the talking and all the throwing the rocks. We're focusing on solutions. L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva, thank you so much for your time. Hey, you got it. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the L.A. Times. Next week, the Los Angeles Dodgers and the star pitcher I bet they wish they had never signed. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us a Puccia podcasts. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Marina Peña, and Melissa Kaplan. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editors are Shawnee Hilton and Lauren Rabb. Our intern is Ashley Brown. And our theme music is by Andrew Eatman. Special thanks to Julia Turner, Hector Becerra, Shelby Grad, Aline Chekmedian, and the team over at LA Times Today. Watch them Monday through Friday at 7 and 10 p.m. Pacific time on Spectrum News 1. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and this madre. Gracias. <laughs>